Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L. And I'm Hannah D. And we're your host. This podcast is a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, you can reach our booking team by texting this number, 919-675-1058, or join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash the Anon podcast, T-H-E-A-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to fellowship with other guests and listeners. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with step work, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as an additional resource towards our collective growth as addicts in recovery. This podcast does not represent NA and is not affiliated with NA as a whole. We are simply addicts who are seeking the message of recovery by discussing NA literature together. Nothing more and for sure nothing less. We are grateful to be of service and to give back to our fellowship by helping facilitate this podcast. Now let's get started. Hello, I'm Michael. I'm an addict. This is the Just for Today reading for April 25th, Embracing Reality. Recovery is a reality for us today. Basic text, page 101. Pain and misery were realities in our using lives. We were unwilling either to accept our living situation or to change what was unacceptable in our lives. We attempted to escape life's plan by taking drugs but using only compounded our troubles. Our altered sense of reality became a nightmare. Through living the program of Narcotics Anonymous, we learned that our dreams can, be replace, can replace our nightmares. We grow and change. We acquire the freedom of choice. We are able to give and receive love. We can share honestly about ourselves and no longer magnifying or minimizing the truth. We accept the challenges of real life offers to us, facing them in a mature, responsible way. Although recovery does not give us immunity from the realities of life, in NA fellowship, we can find the support, genuine care, and concern we need to face those realities. We need never hide from reality by using drugs again, for our unity with other recovering addicts gives us strength. Today, the support and care and the empathy of recovery gives us a clean, clear window which to view, experience, and appreciate reality as it is. Just for today, my gift of my recovery is living and enjoying life as it truly is. Today, I will embrace reality. In today's episode, we'll discuss the Just for Today meditation with our guest, Greg H. Hey, Greg, welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. Hey man, how's it going? Yes, yeah, really well. I'm glad that uh, you you could spend some time with us. So, Greg, can you tell us your clean date where you attend meetings, and can you give your home group a shout out? Sure, sure, man. I um, am clean uh, since February 26, 2017. So I just celebrated my four years a couple weeks ago, and um, I am live in Huntsville, Alabama, and my home group is Rainbow Rocket Recovery, uh, which is a um, hybrid meeting that's based out of here in Huntsville. We have in-person meetings, but we do Zoom at the same time. So we have people from all over the world. It's an LGBTQ plus space, safe space. Um, so it's not it's not a restricted meeting. Anyone's welcome, but that is it is a safe space for that particular audience. Cool, brother, and congratulations on those four birthday cakes, man. 
Yes, awesome. sir. Yep. All right. So look, we're going to transition to the uh, just for today. Can you share your thoughts on embracing reality? Sure, man. Um, I, you know, I like many of us, you know, we, it's so funny when we, when we come to the program, we find ourselves in, in uh, other people's stories and in other people's stuff. And so one of the things that was most, uh, that stood out to me the most when I first came to the program was <clears throat> hearing other people share about where they were uh, and their, and their aha moment or their realization uh, about where they were and, and, and that they were addicts and those kinds of things. And so the first reality for me that I had to embrace was uh, that I was an addict. Um, I, I uh, you know, I, I, uh, I started using when I was 11 years old and um, that was to cover up some pain and some uh, uh, physical abuse that was going on, sexual abuse. And uh, I learned to mask that pain early and was encouraged to do so. Um, and so, you know, I, uh, I learned at an early age how to avoid reality. Um, and then at different points throughout my life, I fell back on what I knew of how to avoid reality. Um, and then, you know, over the past 10 years, things just got so bad that I, I, I stayed out of reality all the time. And so for me, the first thing for me about embracing my reality was that moment, that very first time that I was able to, in a meeting, say, my name's Greg and I'm an addict. Um, that was the biggest, and it, and it has been, continues to be the biggest reality moment of my recovery. Um, because I lived this life. I'm, I, I came to recovery late in life. I didn't come till I was 54 years old, or 50, 53 years old, excuse me. And um, then I, uh, so I lived a lot of years out there just using. And um, I, uh, I, trying to think exactly how to say it. I, I, I just, didn't want to deal with the reality of, the, of my life. And so in order to embrace that reality or, or in order to alter that reality, um, uh, it, it, I used and just like the reading said, and then um, at a point that became so bad until it became the words using from the reading, a nightmare. And then I tried to quit cold turkey and wound up in the hospital with some extreme uh, withdrawal things going on and had to be put into a coma and all that kind of stuff and and was in the hospital and then in the psych ward for 17 days and all kinds of stuff there's all parts of my story but, but the reason I say all that is to say that even after all of that while I was in the psych ward when I got out of the psych ward and when I, for the few days I went before I actually found a meeting, I still couldn't say I was an addict until that meeting. Um, because like I said, it was that aha moment. It was that moment when I just sat there and it came around time and I decided they were going around the room and it went all the way. We had a large room of about 40 people and fortunately started on the other side and all these people shared coming around to me. 
and it got to me and I said, my name's Greg and I'm an addict and I busted out squalling. <laughs> hey Greg, uh, if you could dig into that a little bit, you know, in the context of if, if we have some listeners, you know, tuned into the podcast who, who maybe have gotten, you know, clean during the pandemic and mm-hmm. zoom meetings are pretty much, you know, maybe what they know, you know, and, and, and they haven't really broken through with the, with the sharing, you know, yet on zoom and, 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 so if you could, if you could add some context, you know, what does that look like? How, how to push through those, you know, those feelings of, I don't have anything to say. I don't know what to say. I, you know, I, I, I'm not worth the minute to, to check in and, and, and do all that. So what could they do about that? And then, and then also maybe some folks who've been clean for a while who are transit, you know, who we've transitioned to zoom and, and just aren't with it, man, just aren't feeling it. You know, could, could you share and, and speak to that? Certainly, man. I certainly can. Um, you know, I <clears throat> we I was very fortunate in that out my home group at the Rainbow Rocket Recovery is a new group. We only formed that group back in September, and it came out of a uh, specialty meeting out of what was my former home group, Air Group in Huntsville, Alabama. And we had a specialty meeting once a week, and it was uh, uh, for an LGBTQ meeting, and then. Um, when the pandemic hit and everything, well, um, we transitioned our group to online meeting early, um, real early, earlier than a lot of folks did. You know, now there's meetings everywhere, but then there weren't. And so we transitioned early and, and it was awkward. Um, it, 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 it was very awkward. Um, people hid behind their cameras and you know, that, that kind of stuff. And, and that's the temptation. We are an anonymous group, but, um, you know, if you're hiding because you don't want somebody to see you and to know that you're hurting, then you're hiding for the wrong reason. So one of the things that came out, we did some seminars and we tried to talk to each other and we shared a lot about sharing on Zoom in the very beginning. And that was, uh, we based that and we, what came out of it was that basically like any other, we got to think about Zoom like any other meeting. You're going to get out of it what you bring to. And so, I mean, that was all the stuff we talked about for hours (laughs) and we talked for hours was over those two or three weeks. The thing we came up with was, hey man, this is a meeting. And so when you come to a meeting, um, I found that in my early times, when I first came to meetings in person, whether they'd been in person or Zoom, it would have been the same principle, that I had to come with an attitude of openness, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness are, you know, uh, our first three steps, the spiritual principles behind the first three steps. And the honesty part, I mean, the open-mindedness part was being open-minded for myself and to myself and being able to make that admission I'm an addict. And so I, that's very important for you to be able to say that. Um, it is important for you to let other people know that you you can say that about yourself. Um, it's it's important for you to, to have to own that, to be able to put voice to it and own it. And so um, coming to to the uh, the online meetings was exactly I mean, I got told early on because the first 
few meetings I went to in person. Um, I, I talked to someone after one of the meetings. It was a guy who had about 15 years in, and he was a real nice guy. And, and we had talked a little bit around after meetings, you know, for a minute, I was awkward as hell. And not, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't talk much and all that kind of stuff, but he, he made me talk and he welcomed me. He showed me, he showed me hospitality and he welcomed me and made me comfortable. And so I was said, you know, he's like, well, I said, I don't know. He said, you know, I, I don't get much out of these meetings. How many times have those of us who have been around for a while walked out of a meeting and said, I didn't get very much out of that meeting. And he said to me that day on the porch of our meeting place, he said, Greg, you get out of a meeting what you bring to it. And that stuck with me. And so that was the thing. And that's been my thing. And it's continued to be my, I don't want to say argument, but it, it has been my, my reply to people when they say, I just don't get anything out of a Zoom meeting. Well, you get out of what you bring to it. And so when you look at that, what do I bring to a meeting? I don't know what you bring, but what I bring to a meeting sometimes is my brokenness. Sometimes it's my, it's my, my feelings of desperation and uh, feelings of worthlessness and all those kinds of things. But then when I can come in and muster up enough courage, because it even takes courage today, over four years later from being clean, it still takes courage today to raise my hand on the Zoom thing and then say, my name's Greg and I'm an addict. Because every time I say it, it reminds me. Um, and then to be able to share, I have real trust issues because of the things that happened to me when I was a kid uh, and a teenager. And so for me to be able to, for me to get to a point where I could open my heart, I promise you, if you will just trust and be honest with yourself and honest with the people around you, it doesn't have to be eloquent. It doesn't have to be uh, grammatically perfect. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of accent you have. I promise you, if you share your heart during a meeting, you're going to find some acceptance from a lot of folks and you're probably going to help somebody in the meantime and along with helping yourself. And so I, I just think it's very important for the Zoom platform and for the virtual platform. I keep calling it Zoom, but it, we will refer to it as the virtual platform um, that we we understand the power that it gives us and the freedom that it gives us. Because now, any time of the day, I don't have to wait for my home group on Monday nights. I don't have to wait for my kind of secondary home group, my old home group, air group. I don't have to wait for them for Thursday nights or Sunday nights. There's, a, there's meetings available to me 24-7. So the reality of where I am today is much different than the reality of where I was when I first started You can go to in-person meetings. Now we've started going back to a few of them. But Here's one of the lines. It's a perfect line for it. It, it. it comes right out of the reading. It says, although recovery does not give us immunity from the realities of life. In the fellowship, we can find support, care, and concern that we need to face realities. And so our reality is that we, uh, we've had to change the way recovery looks and the way we practice recovery. 
And, yeah, and we are that, an adaptive type of people. You know, that's one thing that's really given me hope over the past year is seeing how well as a whole, the fellowship has really taken to, to, to the change, right. To mm-hmm. the big change. And, and, and I'm really excited to see us, uh, you know, still embrace that change, you know, whatever meetings look like here in the near future. Uh, I'm really hopeful about it. And so Greg, allow me to ask you this final question as we wrap up the episode with your experience that you have now, if you could sit down with Greg H with, with one day clean or one week clean, know what you know now, could you share with us what you would say? Um, I, I think that um, I guess it's the biggest thing, and it's the tr- the thing that I try to share whenever I go do an H and I or get a chance to speak. And and that was one of the things I had planned on saying here is that um, for me, I lost hope. Um, I, I I didn't think there was any hope for me. I didn't think there was any hope that I would ever find a relationship. I didn't think that there was any hope that I would ever stop using. I didn't think that I would ever, I would think there was any hope that I'd ever be able to live in a nice home and have nice things and pay my bills. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have any hope that I would have friends who love me for who I am, not for what I can do for them, not for what I can buy them, or not what I can do for them sexually, or not what I can do for them uh, buying their drugs for them. Uh, they love me because I'm me. And they love me during the times when I'm a jackass too. And they tell me that because they love me enough. And so if I could talk to Greg today, I would say, Greg, there is hope. The program of Narcotics Anonymous and the 12 steps offer hope and freedom, freedom from addiction and hope for a new way to live. So um, that, I think if I had heard that earlier in recovery when I was trying to do figure it out, it would have made a big difference for me. Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the Anonymous Podcast. We encourage you all to focus on that magic six-letter word, others, as we go out into the world. Until next time, we are your hosts, Hannah D. And Douglas L. Namaste and God bless. Mm-hmm.